extreme sports. Could be bungee jumping, could be white water rafting. Sounds something you'd like to try, but what if you're blind or partially sighted and you want to try them? Not just why would you want to try them, but are there ways of doing it if you have a visual impairment? Well, Dean Dunbar, I suppose you could describe him as a bit of an adrenaline junkie, was uh, pondering that particular question several years ago when he decided to find companies that would take him out to try some of these challenges and he's put together a website to help people do just that. Uh, Dean is with us now, fresh back from his latest challenge. Dean, before we discuss your paddling challenge you just back from, t- tell me a little bit about the past then. Why adrenaline kind of sports? Well, I've always been into sports ever since I was a kid. I did athletics and football and swimming and all these things. But as my sight got worse, I found some of the things such as the football was harder to do, obviously. And then I had a couple of pretty big accidents where I damaged my knees and stuff like that. So I was, I was looking for something different. And I did this tandem skydive for charge back in 1998. And the buzz I got from that was just so intense that as soon as I got that buzz, I thought, well, this is what I want to be chasing for the rest of my life. And that's what I've been doing ever since 1998. Was it difficult then to, to do these having a visual impairment? In the early days, it definitely was. Like I said, I started in 1998, and probably the first five, maybe even ten years, whenever I'd approach a company and say, you know, I'd like to come along and do some, I don't know, paragliding or some water skiing or something like that, as soon as I mentioned that I was registered blind, they would normally quote one of the, the evil two, which is either health and safety or that their insurance wouldn't cover me. So for the first few years, I had a lot of that. Normally, nine times out of ten, people would say no and use one of the evil two. But you persisted. Yeah, I just kept knocking on doors and ringing phone numbers and just kept going because I knew that if I kept going, I'd find people. And sure enough, that's what happened. You know, I'd just have to keep looking for this one out of ten that would say yes. And, you know, persistence seemed to pay off and, and I found that one out of ten. What was the first big sort of adrenaline rush then? Was that the bungee? Well, the first one was probably the tandem skydive because that's what got me hooked. Mm. But, I mean, since then, I've done all sorts, you know, I've done half a dozen bungees ranging from jumping out of a crane to jumping off a bridge, out of a helicopter, out of a cable car all these different things. It was definitely a skydive, though, that got me going in the first place. And then ever since then, it's just looking for the next buzz. And you know, when you're, you're, you're taking on these challenges, you're obviously using private companies to, to help yeah. you do this. Are they sort of changing their attitudes? Do you think you're kind of trailblazing a little bit? I think maybe, you know, excuse the pun, but I think I'm opening their eyes a little bit to realise that you know, just because the eyes don't work doesn't mean other things don't work. And certainly for me, I think what really happened was I launched my website, Extreme Dreams, in 2002. And as soon as I started listing all the things that I'd done, when I approached new companies, I would then say, you know, I'd say, oh, by the way, I'm registered blind. You'd hear an intake of breath at the other end of the phone. Like, oh, how do we tell this guy we can't take him? And then I'd say, and I've done all these things. Check out my website and then tell me yes or no. And certainly that, I think, helped people would look and think, well, actually, he's doing all these other things. So why can't we maybe do some of the things with him? And I definitely think that companies now in the last five or ten years have changed so much that disability is normally a person's own problem rather than the companies. A lot of companies are quite, and what's the problem with a disability? We can do something. Hmm. There are lots of companies who are working that way, and it's great to see that happening. I mean, I've had a look through the website and, and some of the stuff you've done, as you say, but some pretty amazing things. The helicopter bungee. One that kind of caught my eye, actually, Dean, was one you did a little while ago by the looks of it. It was wing walking. That was just fantastic. That was kind of an ambition that someone offered me rather than me contacting someone. Someone just came up and said, you know, would you mind doing this to raise awareness for something? And I was like, yeah, when can I do it? You know, <laughs> So I jumped to the chance. To actually do it myself, I think you, you, you pay somewhere about five or £600 pounds for it. So 
to have someone say, would you come and promote our cause by doing this? I was like, of course I will, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, wing walking, I would imagine that people would do that for the rush, but also for the view as well. How did you kind of justify it to yourself? Well, for me, it was just the buzz of being up there. I, I had no view whatsoever. <laughs> the feeling of diving towards the ground and then climbing up and then doing, you know, sort of like, they didn't quite do barrel rolls or anything like that, but certainly, you know, the, the extremes of diving and climbing were just absolutely amazing and just rocking back and forth. You're in a harness, so you're secure. So I could move my feet and I could move my hands. So I was just dancing and doing Saturday Night Fever all, <laughs> all the way because I was so high as a kite, you know. <laughs> Are there any that you, you've come across, you went to do, and you've thought, I think I've taken or, or, a bit of step too far, a bit not a, a bit more than I can chew here? Quite a few that I've done that where, you know, somewhere I've almost died, others where I've thought, if I do this, I'm going to die, but I've survived. And yes, there's certainly been a few that have happened like that, and I've had to, to think about it am I going to do it or am I not? But I always seem to do it, and I always seem to come out the other end, so it's, it seems to be good so far. Now, you've uh, recently completed a challenge on water. Tell us about that. Yes, in, in the last couple of years, I've taken up the sport of stand-up paddleboarding, which is a, a cross between sort of like surfing and standing up canoeing. So, so you have a, a single, about six-foot-long paddle with a blade on one end and a handle at the other, and you stand on what looks like a surfboard, and you, you then paddle on different things, either lochs or down rivers or on sea. And I've got into that over the last two years, and it's one of these activities that's really got me hooked. And since I started doing it, what, 15 months ago, I've done some great paddling. I got to paddle from the Scilly Isles to Cornwall, which was 50 kilometres. I've done a 96-kilometre paddle along the Caledonian Canal. And earlier this year, we did a 150-kilometre paddle from Ganavan down to Helensburgh along the Argyle Sea Kayak Trail. So you took on the lochs in, in Scotland this time. That sounds punishing. Yeah, well, I think it was just as punishing off the water as it was on the water on the one we did last week. It was one of the guys that I paddled with. I paddled with, with two guys. We call ourselves the Three Amigos. And we've got Ian Cormack from Suppacoss in Glasgow and Alistair Swinsco from Northwest Paddleboards in Carlisle. And the three of us, like I say, we're, we're the Three Amigos and we've done a few paddles together. And everyone comes up with an idea every now and then. Ian came up with this one and he called it the Magnificent Seven in which we planned to up the full length of, of Scotland's seven longest locks over seven consecutive days. Each lock on its own is a good wee paddle, you know, it's anywhere between sort of like 15 and, and 20 odd miles that we're paddling each day, which is a good thing to do, but when you're doing it, you know, day after day, by day four or five, the body's starting to feel it. So yeah, it was definitely a challenge and it was great to do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to picture this. It, it sounds an incredible thing to do but doesn't doesn't sound fun it sounds really as you say energy sapping and just hard yeah i think the fun probably disappeared after about day three or four <laughs> i mean we did have fun we had fun every day we were out in the water because every day you're on a, a different lock i've paddled i think four of the locks that we, that we were on those three brand new ones that i'd never been on so they were new experiences of course the weather was different each time you paddle so you experience although you've been on the lock before a change in the weather can make it feel like you're just totally somewhere different. So every day felt like a new day and a new loch. I mean, between Ian, Alistair and myself, we've just got a, a really good connection. And we just, I don't know, we just work really well. We gelled and we had a, a great time on the water. Uh, off the water was a little bit harder because the weather was atrocious last week. Uh, we had wind, we had rain. Uh, you know, so you step off the board wet, you then go and set up your wet tent in a wet campsite, and then you climb into your wet sleeping bag, which is sitting on a wet mat on inside a wet tent. Uh, you know, and if it wasn't windy, then the midges were there. So you either had the midges or the wind. Either way, it was challenging off the water as well as on the water. So what's the, the next challenge going to be? Anything in your head at the moment? Anything planned? 
Yes, certainly. I mean, with, with stand-up paddle boarding, I've got a few challenges going. I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got a couple of companies who are sponsoring me. I've got Red Paddle, uh, who sponsor me with my board. Uh, they lent me a 14-foot uh, board, which is a, a big, a longer board than I'm used to, and narrower, but it was much faster. So I'm, I've got that for a little while longer. So we've got a few challenges with that. And I've also got a company called Pam, uh, Pam Equipment Europe, who supply me with kit as well. So like last week in the conditions, I was wearing winter kit uh, that they'd supplied me in January. I was using it in August in Scotland, you know, so, <laughs> so their kit was very handy. But yes, uh, because they're helping me with all these different things, we've got, I'm hoping to do the Great Glen Paddle in October, which I did the equivalent of it uh, back in 2014, over three days. Uh, that's the 96 kilometres, but we're actually got to try and do it in under 15 hours. Uh, in in uh, October, so it's a single day's day's paddle starting at two o'clock in the morning, and knocking our block off for fifteen hours, and hopefully succeeding in that. And then next year, this year, I tried to enter uh, an event called the Eleven Cities, which is eleven cities in um, in Holland, and it's a two hundred and twenty kilometre paddle, which has to be done non-stop in under thirty-five hours. I tried to enter it this year, but my sight was a holdback. They, they kept not giving excuses, but just saying we have to investigate more things, whether we can mm. let you do it. And basically it got to the point where they didn't let me know if I could. But I've now got a, a, a girl called uh, Joanne Hamilton Vale, who is one of the top suppers in the UK, and prob- well, probably is the top female supper. And I paddled with her a couple of months ago, and she has now spoke to Eleven City and said she will be my guide and put me under her insurance. And because of that, I'm allowed to do that next year. So I've got the Great Glen Paddle this year and then the Eleven City Sup next year. So I've got two major events coming up over the next uh, 12 months. So, so yes, Sup is, <laughs> Sup is going to be my life for, my, for the next 12 months anyway. <laughs> do, do you do it to prove something to yourself because you have a visual impairment or, or is it a bit of proving it to others as well? It's, it's just pushing myself. I, I kind of feel, you know, I do things and I'm happy with what I've done, but then I think I could probably do better. So it's always about doing something better. And it's also great, to be honest, when, you know, when you, people say, oh, wow, that's amazing you've done that, and then you say, oh, and by the way, I'm blind. You know, it's, it's, an, it's a bit of a, an ego boost myself, but it's also hopefully, again, opening up all these things that people say, well, if that daft blind guy can do that, then why can't other blind or visually impaired people do something similar? And again, hopefully companies, now the 11th city will hopefully, if I succeed next year in doing it, will then be a little bit more relaxed when someone with a visual impairment comes along and says, we want to do one of your events. They can look and say, well, that, black, that blind daft Scots guy did it. If he can do it, yeah, let's let these people do it. So hopefully it's opening doors for people. That's what I'd like to think, is that if I can do it, then hopefully companies will let other people do it. And you have the website there for, for people to have a look at. And uh, although you don't organise the events, you do yeah. have all the contacts where people can think, well, I want to go bungee jumping. They can have a look and find someone who said, yes, they'll take someone who has a visual impairment. Yeah, on Extreme Dreams, I basically, if I, if I do an event with a company, then I'll put a link to that company on the bottom of that page, and that's just a click-through link. Someone can click on that and go straight to the company that I used, and I only put the companies up there that I've used. I don't put random companies up. I just put the ones I use. So if you click on that, then they've worked with me, so why can't they work with you? I also, as well, have a, a second website, deantalks.com, and that's over the last couple of years, I've been doing a lot of public speaking about what I get into, what I get up to. Uh, so I, I do a lot of talking now, and I've, I've got my, my next talks on the 1st of September in Dundee. So so there's also information on that site there as well that hopefully can help people. Great stuff. So, Dean, just finally, if people would like to have a look at Extreme Dreams, what's the website? It's www.extremedreams.co.uk. Dean, good luck uh, with the challenges, and we'll hopefully catch up with you after those if, if you're still, uh, still in one piece and find out how it all went. In the meantime, thank you for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thanks, Alan. Thank you.